Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Inside the Birds is... Back! What's going on, everyone? That's Adam Kaplan. I'm Jeff Mosher. Around us is Lincoln Financial Field as we are here following a season-opening win for the Eagles, Adam. And it was uh, a strange win for the Eagles, down 17-0. Nothing nothing could go right. And then all of a sudden, they outscore Washington. What was it, 29-7 to uh, seven there? Or it, was, it was remarkable, Jeff. They outscored them 32-3. to 32-3, right. Uh, so, yeah, so... Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think it was because the final score is what, 32 26 or something like that? Mm. So, nevertheless, whatever the final score was, the Eagles handled them in the second half. But, Jeff, let's get started. First half, I was stunned at how flat they were. And, by the way, the fans let them know it. Yeah, it's funny because you and I had a chance to talk to Malik Jackson after the game and um, Fletcher Cox. And Fletcher Cox. But, Malik, being a new guy, was a little bit surprised. And we, we have the video, and I'll wind up uh, tweeting it out on the Inside the Birds. Twitter account after this podcast, but he was like, uh, I was a little taken aback by the booing, uh, not something I'm used to in the first <laughs> half of the season opener. He's like, but hey, we got the message and we played well, and I think Lane Johnson may have put it best, and that's something that I tweeted out also on the Inside the Birds account. He's, they asked him, you know, what did Doug Peterson say at halftime, and he said, well, he told us to get our shit together. Yes, hey, <laughs> that, that's what it is, but so let, let's get started here, Jeff. The, first, the first half... They started. They, they struggled. They were down seventeen nothing. You just mentioned Deshaun Jackson. There is zero chance they come back and win this game without Deshaun Jackson. To me, he and Carson Wentz eleven thrown to ten was a big story. Yeah, Adam. I mean, if you listened, uh, for, you know, for our listeners who are loyal, they know last year that we harped on the fact that Carson Wentz was erratic at times and the offense was defunct at times and dormant because they lacked that speed element. Torrey Smith brought it in 2017 just from a presence standpoint. They didn't have it once Mike Wallace got hurt last year, but you saw. Now you have the ultimate, the best deep threat, you know, one of the best in NFL history, Adam, uh, on the team now, and it just opens things up for the offense. Washington couldn't defend them. And, you know, two of those touchdowns came where they used him creatively, they put him in the slot, they got him matched up, and Washington played a lot of zone, and that's kind of opening up the door so, for him. Right, so Deshaun taught us after the game, I asked him a couple questions, and what he had said, though, through kind of what he saw, you talked about zone. He beat Quentin Dunbar. I guess he talked about it after the game that he actually knew him uh, from his time in Washington. Is that why they were brawling together? Yeah. The <laughs> well, no, no, but it was funny. He said, hey, he's one of my guys. Uh-huh. But speaking of that little brawl, he said, hey, the thing that he was struggling with, he had trouble sleeping last night. Mm. He probably had some anxiety. It's his first real game back. 
and it meant a lot to him. Remember how he was let go five years ago by Chip Kelly. I'll never forget it. And one of the things that Deshaun made very clear is how much it meant to be here. And you know how much it meant to, for him to be on this football team, Jeff? He's a guy that for the first time in his career he hit his workout bonus. Mm. It tells you how serious he is about winning. He's 32 years old, turns 33 in December. He's not lost anything. Jeff, Jeff and I talked about it in, our, in one of our previews this week about how we thought the Eagles would attack their secondary. And when they're down 17 nothing, what was your first thought when you saw that? You know, I really th- – this game and division games, we talked about it. They're so hard to predict. They can be so topsy-turvy. Even when they were down 17 nothing. To me, there were two things that were that were not going right. The offense just didn't have a rhythm. It's not that they weren't protecting Carson well, which is always he had time. A, yeah, Actually, he had, a lot had time. time. He had time. And then, obviously, from a, a defensive standpoint, I just thought that they were getting lost on the back end a little bit. Obviously, Washington was max protecting. They were keeping guys in, so it was hard to get to Keenum. And I thought Keenum did a really good job oh, of just three step drops and taking out, what the out, defense was given. He had so much time to throw the ball. Right. The Eagles, with their four man pressure, could not get to Keenum in the first half. Which is really four versus seven because you have five offensive linemen and two tight ends kept in. So that's when your back end has to come and respond, and they didn't. But the whole time I felt that it, as long as they were holding up in the trenches, protecting Carson and. You know, if they could play a little bit better in the second half, I really did think that they were going to come back to life. Their coverage, Washington's, was so good on the Eagles. What Carson did was never force it. He took what the defense gave him. That's why he actually had to check down. There's some throws to the sideline because they kept the middle covered. Ertz was not getting open early. Uh, they were not getting anything over the middle. Goddard was not really getting involved. And, and I was like, wow, they need to hang in there. Washington's a bad football team. If they could just hang in there, they could pull us out. And we talked to Najel Bradham, you and I alone, for a while. And Bradham was tremendous. He talked to us for about five minutes. When he said they never panicked, and also Djax said it at halftime, Doug was very thorough. He 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 told them what they needed to do. Boy, did they execute. Their execution on offense was flawless in the second half, and their defense, Jeff, finally got to the quarterback. Yeah, this game, Adam, didn't go as exactly how I thought it was from a <laughs> run standpoint, but I had predicted something like a 33-21 to win. And what I really thought was, and I said this you know, in our pods leading up to it, Washington has a very good defensive front. The problem is you can't ask a defensive front to just carry a team, carry a team, especially against an explosive offense. And exactly what I thought would happen would happen. Eventually, they just you, you can't do that all game. Your offense has to be able to. And there was an something. injury for Washington, right? But yeah, and then Jonathan Allen went out of the game in the first quarter, and they weren't the Eagles weren't running the ball much when he was in the game. But as soon as he went out, and I charted it, they ran four times after, right after he went out on that drive, mm-hmm. and they got 14 yards. And you started to see them really have success running the ball up the middle. And it wasn't, it didn't have to be Jordan Howard, which we'll talk about. Uh, yeah, we need to get into Sproles that. Sproles yeah. and Miles Sanders. But once Jonathan Allen went out, I kind of saw the doors open for the Eagles to really get the running game going. Yeah, it was interesting. So let's get to that for a second here. You mentioned the running game. And Jordan Howard did not play until the second quarter. They came out with Sproles and, and Sanders rotating almost every couple plays. And they weren't getting a lot, although Sanders had a touchdown later called back. Beautiful run. Unfortunately, there was a hold on it. But Sproles started hitting it in the second half. His ability to get low, you know, they always say low man wins. Well, in this case, a small running back at five foot five, just tremendous. But I don't think it's sustainable. To ask Darren Sproles, Jeff, to have 9, 10 carries a game, he had 9 today. No, he's effective. He's 36 years old. He's too small. I think Peterson's got to be careful. Jordan Howard started to have success when they started using him in the second half. But right. remember when Jordan, excuse me, Darren Sproles had 13 carries against the Bears in the playoffs? That's not going to work. No, and it kind of makes you wonder what the mindset was. You know, Doug said, and a couple of guys you spoke to 
said that Darren was good for what they wanted to do against Washington. You know, no one's going to elaborate on what that really yeah, means. I don't, yeah, I don't know what they saw. I don't understand they saw something. either, yeah. but I agree with you. It's not sustainable. Here's a guy who's had injuries the last two years. He thought he was going to be a change of pace back, a third down back. And honestly, if the whole point of having Jordan Howard here was to get one really good year out of him, have those good stats, let him walk, and help get yourself a comp pick, well, game one didn't really help yeah, you in that regard. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of confusing. So Sproles and Sanders came out in the first quarter, and they kind of shared the wor- workload. I thought Sanders held him helped himself out as the game went along, seeing those little creases. He got he, he got plenty of snaps. The, the issue wasn't that. It was just that until you mentioned Jonathan Allen going out, they were not having success on the run. Then they were later on. But the big story, though, in offense was Deshaun Jackson and the protection. And once they, once they got him open and freed up, that opened everything. Ertz got open uh, over the middle. Um, Matt Collins, by the way, played over Siegel Whiteside, yeah, which was that? a surprise. There were some surprises today. I did not see them benching Jordan Howard for the first quarter happening, but they hung in there. You mentioned they were down 17 nothing. No one expected it. They started getting booed, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Look, when you when you're it's your opening game of the year and you're you're getting outplayed, Washington's Washington's offensive line was tremendous. They kept keeping him clean. I mean, he could at this at one point. I'm like, I'm going to throw for 400 yards. They can't get to him. Yeah, he was the really second half. The they got they they got they only got one sack by Jernigan. Right. It was more of a coverage sack. Keenum should have gotten it out of his hand, but. Whatever they were doing in the second half was working. Whereas the first half, Jeff, they didn't blitz a lot, and, and when they went with four-man pressure, it was not working. Right, and again, you know, when Washington max protects, that's going to be hard to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's hard to sustain. It's hard to live that life in the NFL, though, where you're going to keep two tight ends in and really only have two or three receivers out there to throw to, especially when you have limited firepower. Although I will say, a lot of guys told me they were really impressed with Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver. Oh. The Redskins. Ooh, they boy. thought he, he ran really precise routes for a rookie, and that's what he is—a third-round pick from Ohio State rookie. They thought he his speed. He scored really on made a bomb. In wow. The first half. How was he only a third-round pick? I know it's well, you know, Mike Mike Thomas, second-round pick. These Ohio State yeah, guys. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it happens right, like that. Yeah. Um, big thing. You mentioned offensive line for Washington playing fairly well in the first half, but we got to credit the offensive line of the Eagles. A. Jason Peters played the whole game. He looked like he was going to come out for a little bit, but then he he kind of stayed in there. Lane Johnson was so praiseworthy of Ryan Kerrigan and how hard he is to block. You didn't hear Ryan. I didn't see Ryan Kerrigan. He, he was quiet. Carson yeah, Woods. he was quiet. No, and the, then the big, big guy is Brandon Brooks. He played. Yeah, so like said he was probably so. Uh, my my uh, Doug Peterson confirmed my scoop after the game. Their plan, as I understand, Jeff, was that they were going to play Brooks and then eventually take him out. No matter what the score was, they had a they had a plan that they were going to limit his snaps to a certain degree, and they they took him out after the third quarter. And I comically, they put him in for the last play of game and kneeled out. I don't know why they did that. Nah, maybe just that was to finish off. Oh, well, yeah. it, I might have been a cherry on top. He made it back. I think yeah. it was a lot of yeah, guys. Yeah. Zach Ertz oh, so Jeff, you, said he was incredible we talked to, to Brandon Brooks after the game. Mm-hmm. I asked Brandon about a couple things. First of all, I said, hey, did you wear any special shoes? He goes, no, I wore my regular cleats. Because sometimes when guys suffer a high ankle sprain or a torn Achilles, they wear high, high cleats. Right. He Full wore his... No, he wore whatever cleats he would normally wear. It's amazing. Um, his, his stamina was pretty good. They let, my understanding is they, they sat him down and said, hey, here's our plan. Now, he did say that he's hoping to play a full game next week. He feels great. It wasn't his call. It was the coaches, and um, they made a decision to do that. So It was uh, interesting. I yeah. thought they took a little bit of a risk by only having two backup linemen in Big Oh, they only just seven. Yeah, we should Andre mention that. Yes. Because yeah. let's say 
uh, let's say Isaac Samuel, who played very well, by the way. Stud. Let's say he got hurt. Yeah. All right. Then you would have to play Big V potentially at left guard. Well, now if you plan to take Brandon Brooks and, and limit him to a certain number of snaps, who are you going to play at right guard? Are you going to move Big V there and right. put Dillard at left? Her, our left friend guard? Herb Herbicidal asked us that actually on Twitter, and I was like, look. They could move Big V anywhere they want. He could play four positions, but they have a problem if someone else would have gotten hurt. Right. Uh, so some of my notes, Jeff, from the first half, which were striking, and why the Eagles' defense struggled, they left the middle shallow, middle deep, wide open, and boy, did Jay Gruden dial it up. He, he called a great game in the first half. Now, it helps when you protect. Right. But for whatever reason, the middle, over the middle, Vernon Davis. Now, Vernon Davis scored. That, that should have been a 10-yard play, 15-yard play. Sandejo got beat and the players collided. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a fluke play. Um, it felt like a preseason first half. Yeah. I, I felt did, the linebackers actually, were a step slow. Hey, hey Jeff, someone um, high up in the Eagles that I ran into in the locker room said exactly that. Said they were flat. Mm-hmm. They lacked the energy. But Doug Peterson kept everything together. He was ver- Doug was very matter-of-fact um, in, in his press conference. He, he felt like everything was under control. Nigel Bradham told us there was no panic. Wow. So there was zero panic. When, we t- when Jeff and I talked to him, was like, no, I asked him, I said, hey, when you guys got down, what was the feeling? He goes, we, we never panicked. We were calm. And that's exactly what happened. Um, How about f- Carson? Yeah, okay, so let's get to Carson. What I, had ri- what I wrote in my notes was that he was incredibly patient. He never forced anything. And that's the key here for a quarterback. When you're down and you're not scoring, they're not moving the football very well, don't panic because when you and I broke down the game this week in one of our two podcasts, we said – the plays will be there. Yes, the, the Redskins have a great front, but if you protect them eventually, you're going to have big plays. And D-Jax had two touchdowns of over 50 yards, and the protection was terrific. And also, by the way, mm-hmm. if you wondered if Carson's all the way back physically, did you see that touchdown pass to Jeffrey when he sidestepped the guy, rolled to the right, made an unbelievable catch. And I'm, I'm talking to uh, my, my friend uh, J.P. Finley from... Um, from uh, NBC, NBC Sports Washington, we looked at each other. We're like, "How did he do that?" Yeah, I, I tell you, when Greg Minuski, the defensive coordinator, and all the coaches for Washington sit down and go through the All Twenty Two, they're obviously going to be disappointed because the Eagles converted, I think, eight of twelve third downs. Oh yeah, how about that, folks? But they're also yeah. going to notice, and I suspect this too, when I go through the All Twenty Two, is that most of the damage Eagles did was on third down and third long, and. Only a couple of quarterbacks can do Carson had to elude a lot of traffic. He was flush left. He was flush right. Again, great protection, not taking anything away through an offensive line. But there were times that the Redskins got some pressure, and Carson was able to sidestep Moved. it and yeah. make those plays. And, you know, that's the difference between having Carson Wentz and maybe having somebody who just doesn't move and navigate the pocket as well. And, honestly, I think they're going to be very frustrated when they look at the tape and see that there were plays to be made, but Carson just foiled and them. And he also, speaking of Carson, he, there were a couple times where I thought he could have run to the right, maybe get 10 yards, but he didn't risk it. And he just would get rid of the football. He took his checkdowns. This is something you and I have criticized him about. And not over his short careers, not taking checkdowns when they're there. He did it. I mean, he, he, this is the epitome of a surgeon. He took what the defense gave him, didn't force anything. And then he absolutely destroyed them in the second half. And the, the, the protection got to give the Eagles offensive line credit. They were terrific. Brooks is healthy. Uh, looking at my notes here, Lane Johnson was tremendous. Uh, so was so was Jason Peters. He didn't check out of the game. I know fans were on him about that, but remember, he checked out when his leg would give, uh, coming back from his ACL injury. Don't forget, he had twenty kills years ago. He tore twice. Um, the lack of pressure though was concerning, Jeff, in the first half. I know they they did better in the second half, 
When they play the Falcons, that will not work up against Matt Ryan. you got to pressure him. Well, I would say also, though, when they play the Falcons, which we'll talk about this week, yeah. the Falcons aren't going to keep two tight ends in and max protect all game. That's specifically something Washington did because they knew that they were undermanned. They knew they had a bad offensive line with guys like Eric Flowers, a left guard, and Donald Penn at left tackle. They needed the help, and they were willing to sacrifice that and try to pick you apart across. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Middle across the middle to set up what, whenever they took a deep strike. Uh, I think Atlanta will have a different philosophy, and it'll be up for their offensive line to handle the Eagles front four, but you're right in the sense that you need to see more pressure. You can't just use yeah. max protection as an excuse. And the Malik Jackson uh, injury, he's wearing a boot on that injured foot. Yeah, We'll find out tomorrow really what it is, and that's not good. Now, the Eagles have depth. That's one of the things with this team. They are so deep at defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway had a really beautiful pressure on uh, Keenum in the second half. He came in after Jackson got hurt. Uh, remember, they did cut Trayvon Hester. By the way, Hester was inactive. Now, Fans were not happy when Josh Sweat was active over um, Deshaun Hall. Hall. So what were your thoughts on that? Well, I think they wanted to – I still think they want to give Josh Sweat the most opportunity. He's a fourth-round pick. I I thought both of them were going to be active, to be honest with you. I thought they were going to go heavy at defensive end. I wonder if they believe that Josh Sweat plays the run a little bit better. He does. Yeah, that's the story which I put on Twitter. And that's this really was, his. This was a game yeah. where you knew Washington yeah. was going to, you know, give the ball to Darius Geis a hundred times they as did. much as possible. He got a lot of work until they got behind. He he had success, uh, but when the Eagles started shutting them down, see when you when you start when you come back against a bad team, I thought Washington was finished when the Eagles took the lead. I thought they had so much momentum, and then, by the way, the fans came out. I mean, boy, were they allowed the second. You, you typically, in the press box, it's got to be extremely loud for you to hear it, and boy, did they get loud in the second half. Yeah, no, no doubt they were. One last thing on the offense, Adam, that we, we should really mention is that the difference between last year and this year. We talked about the speed threat and having Deshaun oh. and what that did to the offense, but it's not just about stretching the field with Deshaun and giving Carson Wentz that speed threat. As you noticed, there was no locking in on Alshon Good Jeffrey. Point, there was man. no locking no. in on Zach Ertz. The ball was spread around evenly. Yeah, maybe not evenly. And, Deshaun and, had a lot. And by I the mean, way, that Jeffrey t- run, they called a run. That's a throw. He threw the ball. It was yeah. just because he was behind, behind line of scrimmage. Right. You're right. You look at it. Everyone touched the football. Um, Aguilar, uh, actually, Djax, he said he talked to Aguilar after the game. He was a little bit down because he didn't get the ball a lot. That's going to happen. He's just have to going to accept it. There's so many, there's so much offensive talent at skill positions you got to deal with it, and they're going to need him because he is their true slot receiver. He's really their only slot. Now, yes, you could line up to Sean Jackson in the middle, but he's not a slot receiver. They're going to need Aguilar. Um, boy, they, they were spreading around. I was I was impressed by Wentz. Jeff made a great point, probably the best point of all, of all today. Wentz did not lock in. When you don't lock in on someone, do you know how hard it is to defend? Because that's that helps Jackson get open because Washington's scanning the field because, yeah, they're worried about him. But they're worried about Ertz because everybody wants to shut Ertz down. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, might be the NFL's best route runner tight end. Yeah. Again, real quick, what we should harp on, and, and it's something you've been saying for over a year now, and we even talked about it a little bit last week about the training camp. Isaac Sayamalu oh. 
is stud. playing yeah, really good football. Yeah. Now, some of that stuff is hard to see when you're watching on TV or even, uh, you know, if you, if you see a replay, right? When we watch the All-22, well, we'll have a better idea. But it looked to me to the naked eye because I was really trying to pay attention on certain runs on who was provided lead blocking. And it just seemed like Isaac Sayamala was doing a great job of getting that initial reach, yeah, jumping yeah. into the second level, covering up a he, linebacker. He, he's and, also a much better athlete than he's been given credit for. Remember, he's played left tackle in his college career. Sure. Uh, guard. He, he could play three positions. Right, in the NFL. right. And we, I think you and I knew that the Eagles were right. They draft him as a center. But once Kelsey got back to normal, he was flipped to guard. His first year, he struggled with his confidence. Second year, a little better. Last year, he took off. And this year, as one, one Eagles person said to me, he's taking the game to another level. He, he's a real chance to be an all pro this season. All right, let's flip over to the defensive side. We talked a little bit about the front four not being able to get yeah. to the quarterback. That's surprising. Max protect. Well, again, when you, you know, match protect, that's going to happen. Uh, I, I was more surprised when I saw Malik Jackson and Fletcher Cox used as edge rushers, yeah. like wide nine technique, stand-up edge rushers, when I thought, you know, these two guys were going to have a field day against that middle of the with, uh, with offensive her, line. With, with, uh, with Flowers playing at, um, or Flowers playing guard, mm-hmm. I thought they'd have luck, and they were not getting, they were not, literally could not even get within six inches of Keenum in the first half. And then second half, their pressures worked. And Keenan was not having success because at one point, I'm telling you, he was on pace for 400 yards. And mm. boy, they got to him. And Bradham said to us, he's like, he couldn't believe it. He's like, man, we couldn't get to him in the first half. And then second half, uh, Bradham said that they just were way more disciplined. He said the key was execution. He said it, wa- it wasn't for lack of effort. They weren't executing like they normally would. And I think clearly the preseason, not playing starters enough on both sides of the football. Yes, defensive starters seem to play more than the offensive starters, but... They were so flat in the first half, Jeff. Mm-hmm. But the sign of a championship team is being resilient. Good, really good football teams find a way to come back, and boy, did they. So it's funny to me that when you talk about the Eagles' defense and the secondary, that the biggest question back in April and the biggest question back in August or July when training camp began, and now we're here with week one behind us, is still in the air, and that's who starts opposite Ronald Darby. Right. Now, technically, right. Rasul Douglas started. Oh, how about right? that one? Another surprise. He, yeah. he gave up a touchdown to McLaurin. He yeah, didn't he play benched. as well, and then he got benched. And then Sidney Jones came in, and they were rotating at times. I actually wrote about this, and okay. I, I go back to 2017. On your Patreon page? On my Patreon right. page, patreon.com slash Jeff Mosher. Okay. Jim has never been afraid to rotate cornerbacks, which is something that you don't see a lot in the NFL, right? They usually like to have your left corner, your right corner, and your slot corner. Um, You'll rotate personnel, but usually those guys stay the same. But if you remember when Darby got hurt in 2017 with the the ankle injury, broke his ankle. He rotated in base defense. He would have Patrick Robinson start opposite Mills, but then in nickel, I know, right? He would have both. Rasul Douglas and Jalen Watkins take turns. So he's not afraid to kind of disrupt timing. And I don't know if that's a good thing, to be honest with you, but he's not afraid to give two guys a shot to play one spot that you normally see occupied by one body. And we'll see. I mean, it worked in 2017. Maybe he's just looking for one of these guys to continue to play uh, consistently. The, du- the Douglas mental bus, he can't have that. He won against Baltimore in mm-hmm. the preseason, gave up, gave up a score. Uh, he the, the thing is, though, he was exceptional in the OTAs. He was terrific for about first week, week and a half of training camp. Started to tail off a little bit. And Schwartz had a decision to make. And his decision was to take a look at both young corners, Jones and, and, and Douglas. Darby, Darby, the way the Eagles look at Darby is he's their most athletic corner. Right. He's their most talented corner. You could say Jones might be. But Darby is their fastest corner. 
they want to see him play coming off the ACL reconstruction. But as one player told me, uh, coming off ACL reconstruction, your leg gets tired. I'll be interested to see what the snap counts were for him and see if he played the entire game. I don't know because they only they only dressed four corners, Jeff. They, they only they 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 dressed four uh, four DNs, mm-hmm. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Hall and Miller didn't didn't dress. They dressed just four corners. Now, I thought it was because and they'll never admit this, but I thought it was because they knew Washington's skill positions weren't very good. Well, probably. No, I know one one Redskins fan was giving me hell saying the Redskins Redskins wouldn't be able to score. Hey, the Eagles came out flat and they took advantage of them. But mm-hmm. you know what? Where was the Redskins' offense in the second half? No, not very I mean, good. They, they could not move the ball, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And then once once the Eagles went up on the Deshaun touchdown in the third quarter, it kind of felt like there was no way no Washington left was going to be able to yep. come back. Yep, correct. Now, of course, Washington had to go score that last touchdown. Well, you, you shrug it off, but all those people who took the Eagles at nine and a half. Oh, really the spread. Yeah, that. yeah. You know what's funny? Someone, so, a fan of ours, um, tagged me and Ike Reese, and I did. Was it nine and a half? Uh, nine, nine and a half. half? You, okay. I, yeah. you could get it earlier in the week, and oh. then it got up to ten. So. Oh, I mean, it's just crazy, man. Just they were crazy. up 12, man. It was there for him. Hey, it's Jeff Mosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly, anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast per, for a professional sound and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. Uh, but let's talk real quick before yeah. we finish this mm-hmm. thing off. And uh, this is our first ever post-game pod. And I guess we're going to we're gonna try to do this after every Definitely every home game. We have a major announcement coming. Oh, I can't wait to. Yeah, we're gonna do it on this one, or wait. We'll wait, we'll wait. Once we get, it, once we, uh, we, once we were ready to announce it, it's it's gonna be cool. We're gonna do something for a future show. We'll just that's all we'll tell you. Yes. You guys are gonna love it. Very excited. Especially about it. if you're local, you'll know what I mean. It's gonna be something that we haven't done before, and we got an op. Someone mentioned if we'd be interested in doing it, we immediately said yes because it's really cool. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll announce that soon. So You are such a good radio guy. That yeah. is the epitome of a, a teaser tease. right there, my so friend. So, Jeff, yeah. what do we have coming up this week? Uh, so this week we'll have another. We'll have two more podcasts. Well, on Wednesday we'll have a podcast where we go through the injuries from this game that happened today and then the All-22 uh, review, that things that you and I notice on tape. And then, of course, close to the end of the week, probably Friday, just like we did last week, we'll have our preview of the Atlanta game podcast. But before I just wanted to wrap it okay. up, I want to talk about Doug Peterson yes. a little bit. Yes, yes. You almost saw best of and worst of a little. When I say best of, I thought he was aggressive the way he likes to be on third and fourth down. You know, he, he would he would he went for it on a couple yeah. of fourth downs, yeah. some sneaks. But even a normal uh, on his side of the field, he went for it on fourth down when they weren't even at the the forty five. So that was good. I've it's it's my experience that when you say like you you take any one play call and you, it doesn't work and you say that's a terrible play call and then you go back on the all twenty two right and you watch and you'll see there was a blocking breakdown or a missed assignment or something that made that play not work and it wasn't really the call that was the issue but Correct. for this it's a good point for, for the really purpose of this yeah. conversation I'll talk philosophy uh-huh. I thought Doug's first half philosophy and using his running backs and kind of att- instead of trying to attack through the air which he had so much success with later on in the game, it seemed like he was trying to maybe ease his offense in, and I, I felt like that hurt a little bit. That that third down run by Darren Sproles. I didn't understand. This is, again, it, that might funny. have been blocked poorly. Maybe, work, but, I, but, but, but though, my point was this. Why didn't they have Jordan Howard in third and one? What, this is, why did you make this trade? 
I know talking to the Eagles, their big thing was they want him, A, to be a closer. Mm-hmm. And when they need short yardage work, because the, the Bear, my Bears people told me that he was too much finesse last year. It bothered them. Well, the Eagles will tell you he's been great with power and practice, stuff that we don't get to see. Yeah. Well, good. Then put him in then. Right. And, he, and, and Doug. Also caught two passes, by the way. Yeah, well, there was a total check down. So it was <laughs> one nice catch, though. Yeah. But the, the fact of the matter is you make a trade for him. You said this about 15 minutes ago. Make a trade for this guy. Would he put him on ice for for a situation like that? I didn't get it. It's still a mystery. Yeah, but but they, look, they've done this before in the past with Sproles. Years ago, they would use him in short yardage because he gets so low. Uh, but uh, look, the Eagles came back. They showed the heart of a champion here. You have to do that in the National Football League. Uh, you don't want they play down to their opponent, but the good teams, Jeff, find a way to win. And somehow they scored 32 out of the next 35 points to close it out. And then uh, Redskins scored a cheap touchdown late, but the Eagles really, second half, they absolutely destroyed the Redskins. Absolutely. All right, that'll close up. Remember, if you haven't yet, if you're watching this uh, live, but you haven't yet subscribed, please go to your podcast platform, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Google Play. Find Inside the Birds. Give us a follow. Rate it. Review it. If you Please do. Yeah, can. we appreciate the 182. Yeah, we've been getting great yeah, reviews yeah, lately. Thank we you. want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, again, we'll have two more podcasts this week, and this will close out our first official Eagles post-game podcast. We'll try to do this every week. Definitely every we home will. game. Yeah, yeah. we got to check uh, how late we're going to do this. At yeah, night, well, those late games, I don't know, you know. So the yeah. Wednesday one will drop Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, we'll have one drop Wednesday and another drop Friday morning probably. Yes, because we did that matchup podcast. We dropped it Friday morning. We'll do a post game. So we're basically going to do three a week. And Jeff, we look forward to doing it. Week two, next Sunday night at Atlanta. We'll have more information this week. Very big game. All right, that's going to do it for this latest episode, an edition of Inside the Birds, the leading Eagle podcast in Eagles Intel. For Adam Kaplan, I'm Jeff Mosher. Thanks for flying with us, Inside the Birds. 